I just wanna hop straight into the message because we just sang about the Holy Spirit and we sang about, you're welcome here. You're welcome in this place, right? We're like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And we're like lifting our voice. We're singing like, this is great and everything. And then we got the kids in the bathrooms over here. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so we're gonna just have to deal with that today. I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna be praying for people for the receive the Holy Spirit Shh, over there. It's, it's okay. We're gonna work it out. It's all right. It's all right. Um, but we say, we sing about the Holy Spirit and, but more often than not, I think we talk more about Jesus, right? We talk about Jesus. We talk about God, the father, but there's this third person of God that is largely erased from our personal lives and from church in so many different ways and not, not fully, but partially, right? And so the next four weeks, we're gonna look at the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and ask why do we tend to erase him from our churches and from our personal lives? Why are we erasing him from, from our everyday activities, from our everyday prayers and from the songs that we sing? There's, there's a few songs about the Holy Spirit, but there's way more. You know, you sing songs about Jesus and the Father, right? We got a few about the Holy Spirit, but there's not as many. So why do we do that? Can we reverse this trend in our own lives and in our churches? And why should we even reverse it? Like, why is this an important thing? Why is the Holy Spirit so important to us? But I believe personally, from what I see in scripture, that it's vital to understand the person and the work of the Holy Spirit so that you can live in the fullness of a life that God wants you to live in. Do you agree with me today? Come on, amen. So uh, week one, this message today is called Neglected God. Neglected God. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. And the tagline is just, why do we neglect the Holy Spirit? Why do we neglect the Holy Spirit? Next week, week two, we're talking about a powerful person, which is just simply the power and personhood of the Holy Spirit. It's not an it, it is a person. It's a he, right? You see this Jesus, the way he talks about the Holy Spirit, he says he will come. And you'll see that in a few verses here. Week three is our forgotten gifts. And these are the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, to use inside and outside of church. But many times we forget about these things. We don't talk about these things, or maybe we don't fully understand them in week four is under the influence, right? Under the influence. And uh, you know what that means in, in a secular way, but we're talking about under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that week we're gonna be talking about uh, the weird stuff, right? We're talking about uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation of healing, of prophecy. Like that's some weird stuff, right? You know, like, I don't know if I wanna be here for that week. Let me tell you, you do. I promise you do because I believe God has something for you. So I have a question to start off this message today. And it's simply this, have you ever, uh, have you ever felt left out before. You just ever felt left out before? Come on, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Don't be left out of this. Come on, raise your hand up and let me see. If you ever felt left out before, I think all of us have, right? I'm sure you have, no matter how cool you think you are, okay? You might be the coolest person in this room, okay? We got Richard over here, who's just like our connections director. Dude got some new kicks today. And I said, man, those are looking good. He said, I'm just trying to keep up with you. We're about to be on Preachers and Sneakers today. Come on, let me tell you. Good Lord. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how cool you think you are, but you've probably been left out at some point. It might be all the way back in elementary school or it might be uh, you know, at, the, at the cafeteria, right? In middle school and you get left out of the table, right? That hurts, that hurts, that's awful, okay? And that means a lot when you're in middle school, okay? You get left out and you're walking around trying to find the spot and everything and they're just like, mm, they scoot over, mm, not here, uh-uh. And maybe, maybe you're in middle school or high school and your friends are going to the movies and you see a picture on, on Instagram later and you're like, yo, Where's the invite, guys? Come on. Like, I thought we were cool. I thought we were friends. Didn't get invited. You got left out. Or maybe, uh, let's say you're an adult now and you, you go to your job, you're, you have some coworkers, 
and they went out to eat at your favorite place for lunch. Come on, they got that sushi that you love. They got that nice steak. They got the sandwich or whatever it is, your favorite place and your coworkers, they know it's your favorite place and yet they still went to eat and they didn't invite you. You felt left out probably in that time. That's awful. That's not cool, right? Come on, guys, no invite. Where's the invite? Or maybe there's a group of people that are just talking in kind of this little circle. You ever been in this situation? I'm sure you have, because this is, this is the worst. They're in a circle and they're all talking and you like want to, break into the circle and talk. And so you just kind of like awkwardly stand on the outside of the circle and say, hey, oh yeah, like I know about, I watched Top Gun also guys. And they're just like, we're not talking about Top Gun. You're like, oh, I I thought that's what I, no, dude, what are you talking about? Okay, sorry guys, I'm just gonna leave now. Okay, I thought it was a great movie. Okay, bye, all right. So you know what I'm talking about. Like you've been in a situation like that. You've been left out one way or the other. Everyone's been left out. Neglected, unseen, felt like you were unheard, felt like you were in the shadows at one point in your life. And as much as you don't like to admit it, you do it to other people too. Come on, you know you do. I, I see some of y'all, they're like, no, I don't, Pastor Trevor, I really don't. Like, I'm a very nice person. Stop it with that mess. Come on, y'all know you leave people out of every once in a while. Maybe it's unintentional. Maybe you're in a group in that circle and you don't even see the person that's there, right? Yeah, you don't even know that they were standing there trying to, trying to talk with you guys and you're just kind of hanging out with your friends or whatever. It might just be unintentional. But there's also some times when you leave some people out because maybe honestly, like, I just don't really click with them as well. Like, it's not really my crew. It's not really my, my people, the people that I click with the most. We don't have really in common. And so you might leave them out for that reason or another. Uh, You might just not want to hang out with somebody in particular. It's not necessarily saying that leaving somebody out is always wrong, right? Because you have your own people and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not. We all do it. And it's not just for, uh, for non-church people, okay? Like, I'm talking to church people right now. You guys do this as well. We do this even in church sometimes. And it's very unintentional. And sometimes we're just not thinking. Um, it can be difficult as a new person coming into a church that you've never been at before, first time guests, raise your hand. I'm just kidding, don't do that. I'm not gonna single you out. I'm just messing with you. But it can be difficult coming into a new church you've never been to before and trying to talk to somebody, like all these people know each other or like, do they? I don't know, cause I'm new. Like I have no idea. Like where's the coffee? Where's the bathrooms? Like where's the kids area? We don't even know, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> today we have no idea. But, uh, but it can be difficult trying to figure those things out and, and all these groups that have already been formed, there's activities that you don't know about yet. And sometimes as church people, we can exclude others without even really realizing that we're doing it, right? You've probably felt that way before trying out a new church, I'm sure at some point. But one person that you would not be expected to, you would not expect to be left out in church and in the life of a Christian is God. You wouldn't expect that, right? You would expect that in church services that you would, you would have God here in, in, in your own personal life, that you would be able to see God working and moving in your life. And, and yet this is exactly what we do more often than we would like to admit. You might say, hold on, Pastor Trevor. You just said, we sing songs about Jesus, right? All the time in church. We sing about the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Like, how are we leaving God out? Pastor Trevor, I pray and read my Bible all the time. Like, there's no way I leave God out of my life. Uh, but we sing songs about it. We make movies about it. We, there's even a, a TV show about Jesus now. And um, we pray to the Father. We all know the, the verse. It's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. See, you all know it. You all know it. You all know it. Give us this day our daily bread. You wanna finish it? Okay, yeah, okay. Oh my gosh. But so we all know the prayer. We all know it. And yet 
there's not as much about the Holy Spirit. There's just not, there's not. And yet he's not the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity, okay? The Holy Spirit, it's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible, and the weird Holy Spirit is just somewhere over there. Like, that's not how this works, okay? It's God the Father, God the Son, and somebody say God the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said it would be better if he left and the Holy Spirit came. Isn't that weird? That's kind of funky, right? Uh, because the Holy Spirit's probably the most neglected person in the Bible when you really think about it in terms of how much we talk about and how much we understand. Jesus said that it would be better for me to get out of here and for the Holy Spirit to come. And I'm gonna prove it to you right here in John 16, seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. He's talking to his disciples here. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Now listen, um, if Jesus said, I'm gonna leave and get out of here and I'm gonna send you somebody else that can help, I don't know if I would immediately be like, that's a great idea, Jesus, because here's the thing. If you were walking around and you had a headache and Jesus was with you all the time, you'd just be like, hey, Jesus, can you take care of that real quick? He'd be like, all right, yeah, sounds good, bro. And they had it gone. Awesome. In the name of Jesus, in the name of me, right? Like he just does it, you know? He said, he's your friend. He's just walking around, hanging out with you. Like, hey, Jesus, that person is paralyzed. Can you like make them walk again? He's like, oh, for sure, man. I got this ready real quick. Like, and they're just like walking around. That's crazy. You know, Jesus could do all these amazing miracles and they had seen so many great things. These disciples had walked with him for three years now. They had seen him be killed and resurrected. And now he's saying, guys, I gotta go. And there's somebody else that's gonna be better than me. But I'm gonna be real. I would not be immediately saying, sure, sounds good. See you never, okay? And we'll just wait for whoever this other person is that's gonna come after you. I don't know about that. But the problem is if Jesus says something, he says that it's better, I think we should maybe take a little bit more of a look at it. I'm gonna take his word for it. How about you? I'm gonna take Jesus' word for it. So what do we know about the Holy Spirit? There's a few things that we know. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, right? We, the Holy Spirit gives us fruit and develops fruit within us. You know the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There, I finished it for you guys on the front row, just for there, just for you guys. It's all of these things that the Holy Spirit will develop within you. It's the mark of a Christian. It's a mark of somebody that has given their life to God and is allowing God to actually transform their life from the inside out to transform your mind, to transform your heart. That's the mark. When you have more love and you have more joy, more peace in your life, when you have more self-control than you had before, you can be sure that it is the Holy Spirit of God working in you and through you, right? Those are the fruits of the Spirit. But then you also have the gifts of the Spirit as well. And we're talking about, did you know that faith is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Just the idea that you have faith at all is a gift from the Holy Spirit. But then there's also those weirder ones, right? That we talked about, like got healing and prophecy and, and then there's words of knowledge and words of wisdom. These, these words, sometimes you feel that little still small voice in your head that tells you to go do something, right? And, and many times that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, telling you to go do something. And yet sometimes we push that away and we'll talk about that more in just a minute. So why don't we neglect the Holy Spirit? And that's the question I really wanna ask today. Because we know the Holy Spirit's good for us. Jesus says, it's better that I go and that the advocate, the helper, the comforter, that it's all translated the same way, that the Holy Spirit comes and yet we don't talk about him very often. So why do we neglect the Holy Spirit in our lives? I think there's two reasons. If you're taking notes, I would write this down. Number one, 
Some are not aware of the Holy Spirit. Some aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. It's not anything other than like, I just didn't know. I, to be honest, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, so this is all new to me. Like I grew up, I heard about Jesus. You know, I see the crosses and everything. And, and you know, that was a very prevalent thing. Like Christmas, Easter, what is that all about? Jesus, right? And there's not like, a, like some big day that we celebrate the Holy Spirit, which is hilarious because there actually is. And it is today. The day is called Pentecost. Come on, is when the Holy Spirit of God came over the group of 120 in the upper room and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was an amazing time where they just said, they, Jesus said, hey, you need to stay in Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And they sit there and they wait and they pray and they say, Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And then finally, bam, it says like the Holy Spirit fell like tongues of fire. Don't know what that looks like exactly, but it was probably dope, okay? Uh, and they just started speaking in tongues. They were prophesying. And then Peter goes out and preaches and 3,000 people get saved that day. That sounds like a cool day, right? That's the day that we're celebrating today. This day is all about the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're starting this series today. We'll talk more about that story on a different day. But Maybe you didn't grow up in church or maybe you grew up in a different denomination. Maybe you grew up Catholic. I know a lot of people here grew up Catholic and it's not really something you might talk about as much. Like you're not talking about the gifts of the spirit really. You probably never heard that if you were in that kind of uh, uh, tradition or maybe your church just didn't place a large focus on the Holy Spirit. But you'd be happy to know that if you weren't aware of the Holy Spirit, maybe even until today, like you're like, I don't really know much about the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, and because there's actually some disciples that uh, Paul ends up talking to, they had no idea who the Holy Spirit was either. And we're gonna read that passage together. So you are not alone today. Acts 19, one through three. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard. Who's Holy Spirit? What are you talking about? So Paul asked, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. So um, I used to work out. <clears throat> you probably can't tell anymore because I don't anymore, all right? So uh, I used to work out a lot. I would go to the gym all the time. And I played sports year round and I played basketball, football, baseball, soccer. I mean, pretty much any sport that there was. I was playing it. I went to a small private school. And so I was the captain of like every single team, not because I was that great, but because we had like 150 people to choose from. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. And so um, I played a lot of sports and we would have this workout program. We would go work out, we would lift. And when I was working out at school, I mean, the coach would just give you the program and he tells you this is what you're doing today. You're doing, you know, six sets, eight reps of bench. You're gonna do some lat pull downs or today's leg day. And we all went, oh, right? You know, like you have to do leg days. Like no one wants to do leg day. And so we would go into the gym and we would work out. We would lift and, you know, try to get big and strong and impress the girls. That's what we did, all right? Um, and so I would go in and work out, but, but it was tough. You know, it was tough stuff. And we had this little tiny rinky dink gym. We would lift. I get real tired by the end of my workouts. And I gotta go through the rest of school or practice or whatever it is. But then, and then I, I, I went to college. And I met this beautiful, beautiful man. His name is Alec Hernandez, okay? Is he here? Did, he, did they just leave? Oh my goodness, where is he at? Is Alec around the corner? They went back this way? Oh my goodness, I was hoping he'd be here for this. Alec is our drummer, okay? And normally he plays drums every single Sunday. And he introduced me to this beautiful, beautiful 
powder called pre-workout. Y'all thought I was going to say something else. Y'all thought I was going to say something else. It's called pre-workout, okay? I had never heard of pre-workout. And he gives me this stuff and you mix it in with your water and then you, you drink it about 15 minutes before, before you uh, go work out. And man, it will change your life quickly. You get the tingles. You know, if you, any of y'all ever taken pre-workout before? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, a few of you go, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was there, available for me. And so I took this pre-workout and I'm like, yo, what is happening, bro? Like, why am I, why am I doing this? I have these tingles up and out. He's like, yes, that's the good stuff. That's how you know it's working. And I was like, why do I feel so great right now? He was like, cause you gotta go lift. You gotta go lift lift to get rid of the tingles. I was like, okay, fine, fine. Give me something really heavy. And I just go start lifting. I'm like, oh, let's go. We had the best workout of our lives. It was amazing. And I was like, this is incredible. But I didn't know that this was available to me. And here's the thing. If you don't know what's available, you don't know what you're missing, right? I had no idea that I was missing out on this pre-workout and the ability to, to lift so strong and to lift for longer. And, and I wasn't tired by the end of my workout. It was incredible. You know, could I lift some weight with, without the pre-workout? You better believe I could. You better believe I could do that. But is it better with the pre-workout? You better believe it as well. It was so, so much better. And in the same way, some of you don't even know what is available to you. Some of you have no idea the power and the authority that is available to you through the Holy Spirit of God. You just never knew. And maybe today is the first time or maybe you have a misunderstanding or misconception about the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today that there is more for you, amen? There's more power, there's more peace, there's more fruit in your life. Uh, there's more gifts that are available to you straight from God, but if you didn't know it was available, then how would you ever be able to take a hold of it? And so this series is all about not just telling you, hey, this is available, but that, hey, this is how you access this power. This is how you access this side of God, this person of God that maybe you have never heard of or maybe you've neglected in your life because the Holy Spirit gives you a supernatural power to do more than you could on your own, amen? Just like I was lifting weight on my own and I was trying to push out and I'd be so tired by the end of it. Wouldn't it be great if you could just do everything in your life and never get tired? Come on, that's how I feel sometimes when I know the Holy Spirit is working in me and through me. I can sleep three hours, but if I stay... Sometimes I'll stay up and pray for two or three hours at night and I'll just get up and I just feel like, I just need to pray. I need to pray. I'll get up, read my Bible. I'll pray. I'll sleep three or four hours, but I'll wake up the next morning. It'll feel like I slept 10 or 12 hours because you know why that is? Because there's a rest that comes from the Holy Spirit that you can't get naturally. There's a power that you can get that does not come naturally and it comes from the spirit of God to live a supernatural life of victory, not spirit-less, but spirit-filled. Come on, does anybody wanna live a spirit-filled life in the house of God this morning? Come on. Love, joy, peace, patience, spiritual gifts that build you up, build your family up, build the church up, help you to reach the lost people that are out there that need Jesus, that need the hope that we have. Come on, this is what it's about. But more often than not though, I think it's not that we don't know about the Holy Spirit, although there are some of you in here probably that are like, I don't really know much about this and I'm very curious to learn. But I think more often than not, I think the problem is more that we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, right? We have a misconception about the Holy Spirit. We've been in a church setting where there were some things going on that we we're like, that seems weird. Or I don't really understand that. Or, or this seems like for attention versus God actually moving. And so then we start to push these things away. And that's the second point that I have for you today. It's that some actually resist the Holy Spirit. Some people resist the Holy Spirit. I have a couple of quotes for you today. The first one is, we all fear what we do not understand. We all fear what we don't understand. And there's another quote that actually 
elaborates on this. What we don't understand, we fear. What we fear, we attempt to control. And what we cannot control, we attack. When you don't understand something in your life, it's so easy to push it away. And that's just natural human tendency. When I don't get something and when it doesn't make sense to me, I'm not just gonna wrap my arms around it and embrace it, right? This is weird, I don't get it. So I'm gonna push it away because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Think of it this way. Now, there might be some of y'all in here today, don't get offended at me, okay? But, but maybe you are over, if you're over the age of 70 in this place today, okay, you might have had some trouble with your iPhone at one point or another, okay? I'm just gonna be honest. You might've had some trouble with it. I don't understand all this hoo-ha stuff. Like, why do we need these things? My flip phone was just fine for years and years. Like, why do we need all this technology? And then the people that are over 60 said, amen. Come on now, like, why do we need this? I don't understand it. And so a lot of times uh, we have some trouble with some older folks and they just push that away and say, I don't need that. I don't understand it. I'll just leave that to the young people. I'm just gonna push it away because it doesn't make sense. I just, I feel uncomfortable trying to use it, right? Okay, we push it away. But in the same way, maybe uh, just in general, we have Republicans and Democrats who are like, how could you think the complete opposite than me on this very important issue? Like that you don't, you don't even make sense. Like your life doesn't make sense. Who you are doesn't make sense. I don't get it. And so you push people away that think differently than you, right? Because we don't understand them. And now I kind of fear you because like you're weird. You don't think the same way that I do. Or maybe kids push back on parents' rules. Come on, we got any parents in this place today? Your kids might push back on your rules because they're just so stupid, mom. You know what I mean? Like those rules are dumb. And you hear that all the time. Like, why do I have to do this? Why can't I go here? Why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to brush my, why do, and you're like, they're just pushing back on all these rules because they don't get it. You get it, right? You understand why the rules are there, but your kids don't. They don't understand. And so they push back on those things. But listen, we cannot push away everything that we don't understand. Because if we did, men, we would never see our wives again. We don't, not, we don't get you, all right? We don't understand. We're afraid. We don't know what to say. I don't know. Am I supposed to help you right now? Am I supposed to sit back and do it? We don't understand. We just, men, just admit, you don't know what you're doing, okay? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. We have no idea. But we would never see him again. Listen, you can't push away everything that you don't understand. The Holy Spirit is weird, a lot of people would say speaking in tongues or prophecy or healing. And a lot of times we focus on those things, but there's so much more. This is a small part of what the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. But what we do is we say, I don't get it, so I'm not gonna think about it. I don't get it, so I'm not gonna study it. I don't get it, so I'm just gonna go somewhere where they don't even talk about it, right? That's most of the time what we end up doing. But Jesus says the Holy Spirit is better for us. And this is what we do. It'd be like if Jesus standing here say, hey, the Holy Spirit is better for you. And you just turn to him and say, now nah, I'm good. I think I can do this on my own. I think I know better than you, right? That's what we're doing when we neglect the Holy Spirit. Like, ah, I don't need this. And Jesus is standing there saying, yes, you do. I'm Jesus, okay? <laughs> like I know more than you, all right? What's the solution then? We know the problem we're saying like we neglect the Holy Spirit and we know that there's good things that we need to receive from the Holy Spirit that we can pray to the Holy Spirit and bless God in that way and, and have the fullness of a great life that he wants us to have. What's the solution? I think the solution is to acknowledge that your fear or misunderstanding, your fear is based on a lack of understanding. 
that our fear and neglect of the Holy Spirit is most of the time based on a lack of understanding. And we have to be willing to learn and to grow and to look to scripture and look to God and to say, hey, what does this mean for me in my life? How am I supposed to invite the Holy Spirit? We say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, but is he really welcome in your home? Is he really welcome in your life and in your heart to transform your mind and to develop those fruits within you, to develop spiritual gifts within you? Is he really available in that way? But not many people are willing to admit that. I'm just gonna be completely honest. Not not many people are gonna be like, you know what? I don't understand something and I need to learn more about it and I need to change because we like to think that we know things, right? We like to think that we're pretty smart people. Uh, And no one likes to have their beliefs and assumptions challenged, but that's exactly what Paul does with these disciples. It says, in verse four, right after the, the disciples were like, hey, we ain't heard of the Holy Spirit before. We had no idea what you're, what you're talking about. He says, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Paul challenges the assumptions and the beliefs of these people. He said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? They say, Paul, we got no idea what you're talking about. He said, let me instruct you real quick. Let me teach you real quick. Let me lay my hands on you and pray for you real quick. And they were immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe you're in this place today and you're like, still not convinced, Pastor Trevor. Don't understand why I need the Holy Spirit. Still seems pretty weird. Listen, we're gonna unpack a lot of these things in the next four weeks. But what I wanna do initially is talk about three things that the Holy Spirit does for each and every one of us that all of us could agree on right? Let's just start there. Let's start on some things that everybody can agree on. Uh, I think that even if it's, even if you're not a Christian, you're in this place and like, I barely believe in God or I don't even believe in God. I promise you these three things are things that you will say, hey, I need this in my life. Three ways the Holy Spirit helps us. You can write this down. The first one is comfort. The Holy Spirit comforts us. Somebody say comfort. John 14, 16. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, I don't know about you, but if I've had a long day at work or a hard day, or we had to set up an 85 degrees in another gym and then move everything into this cafeteria and then have church and then make sure that everything's cool, kind of like that sort of a day. All right, if you've had that kind of a day, um, there is nothing better than at the end of that day or maybe Sunday afternoon, you crawl into that bed of yours Mm, 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 mm. you take that Sunday afternoon nap and that comforter comes all over you and somebody said amen in the house of the Lord. That feels so good. I love the comfort that comes from my comforter. That's why we call it that, people. Come on. My wife, Lindsay, this is the best thing, not the best thing about her, but this is the best thing that she does. She will wash all of our sheets and all, we have a duvet and all that stuff, whatever. She fancy like that, I don't, whatever. So I was used to just having a regular comforter, just throw it on the bed, right? So uh, she washes the duvet, puts it all together and, and Saturday evening is when she does that. So last night, I got to sleep in the fresh sheets of the Lord. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We had those fresh sheets with that comforter and it had been a long day. And so I just wrapped up in that thing. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like the comfort of a great comforter. It's amazing. And there's a reason why we feel that way, right? 
And it's just this natural innate sense of just being wrapped up, right? And just that feeling, it's incredible. You can't even describe it, right? And that is the exact same feeling that sometimes I get with the Holy Spirit. Can I just be honest? That's what a comforter is. That's what a comforter does. It's supposed to wrap you up and give you warmth. Even when you've had a hard, long, difficult day, the Holy Spirit will be there to comfort you even in the hardest of times of your life. Come on, if you're in this place today and you've ever been comforted by the Holy Spirit before, would you just put your hands together right now? Because God is good in this place. I have been comforted by the Holy Spirit. I have needed it in my life many, many times when I've been going through some hard stuff. I've been going through some difficult times. And I just got to pray and I say, Holy Spirit, will you just come? Michelle this morning was praying. She said, Holy Spirit, you got to come because she, she already knew too. She came up to me and said, Pastor Trevor, I'm sorry. I've just been a little crummy because it's 85 degrees and it's real hot back there. And she said, I just need to go pray and just ask the Lord to help me. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Go do your thing, girl. And so she goes and she's praying and then everything ends up absolutely wonderful, right? And now we're just feeling this comfort from the Holy Spirit. And you don't get that if you don't invite the Holy Spirit in that way. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is counsel. He will counsel. Somebody say counsel. John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now I wanna point something out real quick that we're gonna talk about next week. It says, when the spirit of truth, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. There is a person of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that next week. He's gonna guide you and lead you into all truth. Now, I don't think they used it here because they just kind of threw this together really fast and just made it happen. But normally you'll see they'll have in their ears, the worship leaders will have uh, what's called in-ears, okay? I was a worship leader for 10 years. I don't really do it as much anymore because I'm preaching all the time now. Uh, but I love leading worship. And, and so I know a lot about this, this you know, setup and how this all works, but you might not know this. So they have these things called in-ears. And that's what you hear the music through, okay? So it's not like they just hear the music from back here. Everything's going through the speakers, so they have to hear it in their ears. But there's also the click, which is otherwise known as a metronome. They have the click that keeps them on time. It keeps them on track, okay? So they have this going, but then there's also this beautiful, beautiful woman. And she has the voice of an angel, okay? And she's leading and guiding us in every step of the way. And she's called the guide track, okay? She's the guide. And she says, all the worship leaders know, ready? Intro, two, three, four. Whatever song you're playing, okay? And then she'll tell you, chorus, two, three, four. Like, and then you go into the chorus. And that's happening every Sunday. You don't, you don't really hear it, but that's happening in our ears when we're leading worship every single Sunday. The whole band hears that. That's called the guide track, okay? And she is a sweet angel that leads us and guides us through the songs every single Sunday. But here's the deal. It's that little voice in their head that keeps them on track, keeps them on the tracks. And this is what the Holy Spirit does for you and for me. You've ever felt that feeling before where you have that little tiny, still small voice in your head that says, no, nah, don't do that. Mm -mm, mm -mm, don't do that. Many times we think that's us thinking those thoughts, but a lot of times if you're a Christian and you're, you have uh, the spirit of God moving in you and through you, that is the Holy Spirit that is telling you like, hey, no, 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 this is not what God has for you. This is not what, what we want for you. Listen, there's so much more for you. This is not the way that we want you to live. And you know that, come on now. And you'll hear that little still small voice, but also on the other end of things, I know there's so many times I've been going into Walmart or HEB or wherever it is that I'm at and I feel the spirit of God leading me, a little still small voice, that little tugging, that, that pull. And you know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, you need to go talk to that person. You need to go encourage them. You need to go pray for that person. But most of the time, what do we end up doing? It's like, 
nah, that's weird, dude, I'm not doing that, you know, like, I'm not doing that. But what's happening is what are we doing? We're resisting the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. And I think the main way we grieve the Holy Spirit is when he talks to us and we don't listen. Hey, go pray for that person. Nah, I'm good. Hey, don't do that. I'm gonna do it anyway. And he's trying to lead us and guide us, just like that click track in our ears. Chorus, two, three, four. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, go here. Two, three, four. I'm keeping you on track. Pray for this person. Two, three, four. Let's go. And sometimes we say, no, 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 I don't want none of that. But the Holy Spirit is here to counsel us. The last one is convict. Somebody say convict. Woo, buddy. Now we're preaching, okay? Come on. John 16, eight, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. He will convict the world of its sin. Pastor Tim could go ahead and come on up if you don't mind. He's gonna convict us. This one's tough, if I can just be honest with you. This one's the hardest one, the hardest pill to swallow, Okay. Because no one likes to be convicted necessarily. Or like conviction, when you have a conviction in a courtroom or whatever, this is, is not a good thing normally. Like this word is a bad thing in our culture. Like I'm a convict, okay? This is not a good thing. But really the idea of being convicted is the Holy Spirit is coming with us and he's saying, hey, listen, the way that you're living right now is not a way that honors and pleases God. And I'm gonna try to get you to, to turn from your way of living that you're doing right now, turn and repent. That's what repent means. It means to turn and go another direction. And the Holy Spirit's job is actually to convict you and me of our sin so that we will turn to God and recognize that we are in need of a savior, amen? His name is Jesus, right? And the Holy Spirit's job is to point back to Jesus at all times. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, look to Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Why? Because we know the Bible says, if you would call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. And so the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, Change the way you're living. This is not a way that honors your creator, the God that made you, the God that loves you. He has so much more for you than the way you're living right now. I have so much more for you. And what he does is he draws people to God. We sing a lot of songs or maybe we, we think this or in testimony time we'll say, you know, I found Jesus, I found God or something like that. And technically that's theologically inaccurate, okay? I understand the, the thought behind it, like, hey, I found God. And it's like, yes, you did. Like, that's amazing that you found God. But actually, when you look to scripture, it says that, that God finds you. It's not you doing anything. It's God that's seeking after you. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. You know what that means? It means that he's jealous for you. He wants a relationship with you. He's like, I want that person. I don't want them to be living a life that honors the world or a life in culture. Like I want them to live a life that honors me. I want a relationship with each and every one of these people. I'm jealous. I want my people to serve me and to honor me, to love me. I want this beautiful relationship. But yet so many times we say, nope, don't want it. But the Holy Spirit, his job is to convict us of our sin and say, hey, I'm gonna turn and go another direction. What I'd like everybody to do in this place today is to stand up if you wouldn't mind. And we're gonna pray in just a moment. And I'm, I'm believing right now that the Holy Spirit is already doing this in this room. That the Holy Spirit is here and he's already working. You probably already had those thoughts, right? You've probably already had that still small voice saying, you know what? 
this is that thing in my life that I need to drop off. This is that thing in my life that I need to change. I remember when I felt like I was supposed to encourage this person and give them just a word of encouragement. And, and I felt like I needed to say something, but I didn't. I'm gonna listen more next time. I'm gonna act next time. Maybe some of you are in this place and you're saying, you know what? I, I don't even really believe in Jesus at all, or I'm not a Christian, or I need to rededicate my life to God in this place today. Maybe that's you, I don't know. But I believe the Holy Spirit is already working on your heart. And that still small voice is there in your head saying, say yes to Jesus today. Say yes to Jesus today. Don't live the same way any longer, but turn and repent and go towards God. You're not gonna have all the answers. Listen, I don't have all the answers, okay? You're not gonna have all of them right here, right now, but let me tell you, if you will say yes to Jesus, that's the start of a journey that you will never forget. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will start to develop those fruits within you. You have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Come on, if you want some of those things in your life, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will do that. And then he's gonna reveal to you gifts that you have, supernatural spiritual gifts. It's incredible. We'll talk about those more later, but let me tell you the first step for each and every one of us is to say yes to Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in this place right now. So the Holy Spirit will comfort you, will counsel you, will convict you. Some of you maybe didn't know about the Holy Spirit and some of you have been resisting the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, over the next four weeks, I really believe that we're gonna get to know the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in a way. It's gonna lead us not only to Jesus, right? That every single one of us is gonna be able to say yes to Jesus and start that relationship with God but that we're gonna understand that there's so much more than just saying yes to Jesus. It's a, it's a work, it's a process, and the Holy Spirit wants to do that within you. If you're in this place and you say, hey, I believe in Jesus, but I don't feel like I'm living a spirit-filled life. This is, this is the first call today. I say, hey, I, I believe in God, but I'm not living spirit-filled. I'm not living spirit-empowered, and, and I want that in my life. The stuff you're talking about today, like I want more of that. And if there's more of God available, come on, I want him. I don't want just God the Father and God the Son. I want God the Holy Spirit too. And if that's you in this place and you, if it's connected with you today at all, would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray for you. I just wanna let you know, hey, I'm here, I'm praying with you. If that's you, you say, I want more of God. I want the Holy Spirit and I wanna be spirit empowered. Would you just raise your hand and look at me right now? Just be bold and just, hey, that's me. I mean, to be honest, that's me as well. Come on, if that's you, amen, amen, amen. I'm gonna pray right now for every single person that wants to live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life that over these next few weeks that God's gonna reveal to each and every one of us how to do that. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I ask right now that your spirit would continue to move in each and every one of us, that those of us that did not know about the Holy Spirit would now have a fire within us to learn more about you, Holy Spirit, and to learn more about what you do in our lives, to learn more about the fruit and the gifts that you have for us. There's so much that's offered that maybe we haven't accessed yet. And God, I ask that you would help us to access those things. And, and Father, for those that have resisted the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to convict our hearts. That whether we've been in a church situation that maybe that we have some, some church hurt in relation to the Holy Spirit, or maybe we have some, some people that have done some weird things and it just kind of seemed like it was about attention. And like, so I'm just gonna push this away or just the idea in general of some of these spiritual gifts is just kind of weird to us. And we don't, the supernatural doesn't make sense and we kind of fear it. So we push it away. God, would you break that off of us right now? Would you break that off? Because God, you're a supernatural God. You created the universe. And yet we're like, no, I'm gonna live in my own bubble. I'm gonna live in and try to live in my own level of understanding. God, you cannot be understood. 
And if we could understand you, then you wouldn't be God. And so God, I thank you that you are above our understanding, that your ways are higher than our ways. Your plans are better than our plans, that you understand more than we do. And God, we're just gonna humble ourselves right now under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, God, I wanna be comforted. I wanna be counseled and I wanna be convicted. I wanna learn more about God. I'm not gonna resist the Holy Spirit anymore, but I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna grow and I wanna live a spirit-filled, empowered life where I can affect change in my own life in my family's life, in my church, and in my community. So I pray a blessing over every single person that's saying yes to that today, that that's what they want. God, would you do it in their life? And if there's anybody else here today that with every head bowed, no one looking around or anything like that, I just wanna ask, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or you need to rededicate your life to him today. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to him right now. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he gave his life for you and for me. We've all, we've all sinned, right? That's what the Bible says. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. We've all messed up, me included, every single one of us. But, but Jesus paid the price through his death, burial, and then resurrection so that we didn't have to. So now you and I can have a relationship with the God that created us. And if, if there's anybody in this place today and say, hey, I wanna give my life to God for the first time or rededicate my life, no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and look up at me real quick? I just wanna see you. I just wanna see you. Is there anybody in this place today? Just be bold today. Come on, raise your hand. Let me see you. You wanna give your life to Jesus today. Amen, amen. Come on, let me pray over each and every one of you. Father God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for these people that are here in this place today. Would you help us to welcome the Holy Spirit every single week? If your spirit is not here and in our services, we don't want it. We can just drop our services all together. God, we need your presence. We need your power. We need more of you, God. Help us to identify our giftings. Help us to develop more fruit in our lives. That when I look at each and every one of these people and when, when you look in my heart and when you look at my life, God, would you see that there is fruit, coming, good fruit, not bad fruit, not spoiled fruit, not rotten fruit, because that tree's gonna get cut down but a tree that is producing good fruit to eat. God, I pray that that would be each and every one of us in our lives. We thank you for every person here. I pray that you would bless them and give them favor in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can you get up for Jesus today in this place? He is good. If any of you made that decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to know it's the best decision you'll ever make. If you made it even in your own heart, please let us know about it. Reach out to somebody, put it on the back of a prayer card before you leave. Come talk to me. I would love to, to talk with you more. Uh, the last thing I have for you today is, is we, if you are part of Radical Church and you wanna give, I don't even know if our offering box made it today, did it? We have a summer moon box back there. <laughs> We're dropping the offering in the summer moon box today, people. If that is you and you'd like to give, you can do it online or you can do it right there. But man, I just wanna say uh, thank you for being here with us today. Invite somebody next week. We'll see where we're at, but let me tell you, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Next week is all about the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. You don't wanna miss it. Y'all go out there and have some fun. Get some barbecue and ice cream and hang out. God bless, we'll see you next week, okay? <laughs>